Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. Look, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been able to be with you. A combination of some holidays, some sickness... Maybe just the fact that it's the end of your fantasy footy season. But regardless, the fact is there are 18 games left of football to go in your 2022 fantasy season. It's crazy when you put it down like that, hey? But the good news is still got plenty we want to get through with you in this episode to help you with the unique dilemmas you find yourself heading into round 22. Joining us on this episode is he has a bunch of times right throughout 2022. Kane, hello, buddy. How are you, man? Very well, MJ. Yeah, it's nearly over. Another season in the books. It goes so fast. Super fast. The good news is, uh, for especially for our Patreons, which you can join our Patreon supporter group for just a couple of bucks a month at coachespanel.tv, the year isn't over for you because there is a ton of stuff coming. Louis, uh, who you may hear him occasionally on the pod pod, he's a regular here at the Coaches Panel. He's got a heap of stuff that you'll be able to hear that we for our Patreons as well as our, our just regular streamers and listeners to the podcast will get Kane and I are going to get to work shortly on our top 50 keeper prospects. We're bringing those podcasts back for you again, as then it's all the review of all the trades analysis that is going to come all the off season moves. We, we will keep you covered with that. And then of course it'll be prices and positions dropping in mid to late December. And all of a sudden, we go round the mountain yet again for 2023 fantasy footy. Uh, all right, Kane, let, let's talk about the big issues for teams uh, this week. But I think we need to almost face it format by format. At time of recording, now, the information uh, could become null and void by the time people are listening to this based on the Patrick Cripps deliberations. Uh, it, it's been close to, I think, something like three hours they're deliberating the decision. So again, we might have some real-time information for you, but at time of recording, he's suspended. He's out for two weeks. Braden Pruce, I know a lot of people moved, maybe not a lot, a number of people moved to him looking for a value ruck a few weeks ago. You've then also got some guys that we've streamed through for the couple of weeks have got themselves injured. Like a Toby Green was an option people looked at a couple of weeks ago. And then Geelong have done a rest already in management with Mitch Duncan. Now, in and of themselves, they might be all big names, but them out probably means in the limited trade formats, Kane, you're forced to make a trade there rather than potentially looking to get aggressive and avoid tags or play some fixture matchups. Yeah, exactly right, MJ. And again, we've got two weeks to go. So mm. unless, you know, you're probably at zero trades by now, really, in limited uh, trade formats. One, maybe you, two, yeah. surely not more than that. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't think so. So again, maybe you can rely on some bench cover. Maybe this is your final move just to keep as many points on field and you've been waiting for something like this. None of them are really super popular no. players. They're all... Well, Cripps would be, but... Yeah. yeah, Cripps would be. He would be. He'd be the one that would be most popular, especially with the way he started the season. And, yeah. Um, he has come back to form a little bit, so maybe when people were thinking about a luxury upgrade, those big scores came their way. Um, but yeah, it's painful. I think in AFL Fantasy, it's going to be 
you know, a lot of people will have probably one of these. Not many will mm-hmm. have none. And clearly, if you do have none, you can start looking at some of these tags that look like they're almost everywhere or some of these positional switches that maybe you might want to move to safer areas. But I think a lot of people will be starting with, you know, the unfortunate thing we always say with a Proust in that price range is mm. there's not many ways to go. Now, you might have a Marshall, an English, a Darcy Cameron Around. already in in your Ford line. Maybe that makes things a little bit easier because you're playing with the Fords. But this is really tricky, MJ. This is real daily fantasy sort of decisions now. I think you that's exactly the thinking. way to look at it, isn't it? Is where traditional, and not just traditional, but salary cap coaches are constantly playing the long game, the long game, the long game. It's this time of season that daily fantasy and draft coaches who are used to waiver wires and watching the matchups really come alive. So before we do look at some of the matchups and the combinations, I think it's it's pretty much reading between the lines with what you're saying. If in the limited trade formats, you have the luxury of a trade, if you can use some loopholes before, absolutely maximize those. But pull the trigger now. Don't wait another week because you could almost guarantee there's going to be compounding issues next week that will come uh, along the way. So I'm with you on that. If you're in AFL fantasy, though, uh, which is where at this time every year really comes into itself in terms of of the engagement of fantasy coaches because it's two trades a week, use it or lose it. Like you said, Bruce, Duncan, Cripps, wouldn't be uncommon to have one of those in your team. The issue it does mention is it stops you from potentially trying to avoid a tag, such as Nick Dacos getting Ryan Clarked. Not guaranteed, but I'd say likely. A um, potentially a Lockie Neal might get a Windhager or an Owens uh, giving some attention uh, to roll through there. So these are the kind of things that or people that have got the Darcy Camerons or the Sean Darcy's or these underwhelming players that have been good to a point, they're now not able to jump off. So, Kane, talk to me through how we should be approaching this round in AFL Fantasy when you're kind of hamstrung with one part, but you're still trying to get creative and avoid potential bad matchups. Well, again, with the players that are out, if you don't have any cover from Mitch Duncan or Bruce, you know, or even a Crips, well, that's your first point of call then, isn't it? You've got to make yeah. some trades and, and cover that. You don't want to be thing a donut for no reason. I think the hard thing after that, MJ, is what's your combinations? Because obviously if you're moving on a Lockie Neal or a Nick Dacos, there's a decent amount of cash on their head, mm. but it's going to come down to predictions. And that's where it gets, as I said, daily fantasy-like is, you know, if Lockie Neal gets a tag and it's in the 60s or 70s and you can find Ooh. that, that ceiling player that can go 130 plus. That's huge. 70 points Especially right there. Neal where maybe we're projecting forward and, and Harms currently isn't in the Melbourne side, but we know last time he played Melbourne and the Lions do play the Demons in the last game of the season. And the way the ladder's sort of shaping out, the winner of that game probably gets top four, the loser misses mm-hmm. out. So it's really a final before a final. So that's a concern. Yep. So there's going to be, crazy enough, there's going to be a player that, you could have traded out or could have kept, and you could probably make up almost 120, 130 points on this decision in the next two weeks. If you have a player that gets tagged yep. or has a poor game and you don't find the ceiling player or you do find the ceiling player, 
and that's why it's really stressful because we're not used to making that. We're used to saying this player over the course of the season, eight week, ten will weeks, be whatever, eight yeah. ten weeks. Um, and that's where I think the matchups really come into it. And again, you start dealing with cash, and that's why this game's hard because it's all projections. You mm. basically got to look at your team, have a projection in your mind for what you think that player in your team can score, and then go through and find well, what to the players I don't own, what can they score? And what's the biggest bang for my buck in making that trade? And that's where it's easy if you've got Duncan, Bruce, Green, Cripps, because you're starting with them out. You don't have to worry about yes. projecting everyone else. If you've got a zero, you start with that. You, you know, If you've got Green and Duncan, okay, what's the money you've got there? What's the best what forward combo I can what's get? The best, what's the best combination you can get? And I think when you look through the matchups, you mentioned... St. Kilda, Brisbane. You know, Brisbane not overly easy, especially for a Rowan Marshall. Brisbane's mm. one of the hardest ruck matchups. Yeah. Now they're just going with Oscar McNerney at this stage. There's nothing that really scares you in terms of it's not the Darcy Ford and McInerney, no. but we know McInerney on his own is very hard to score. Very against. restrictive. But at the same time, Rowan Marshall playing, you know, a solo lot of time ruck. on ground as as the solo ruck, he can do pretty well. You mentioned <laughs> Neil with the tag potential. Yeah. You know, is is there a Matheson that goes to a steal? Is there a Matheson yeah. that goes to a Sinclair or a Hill? You know, you project to the next game. Adelaide and North Melbourne. Now Aaron Hall, Jaden Stevenson, cheap guys for the way they've either mm. performed previously or their current vein of form. Mm. But then I look at the weather in Adelaide on the weekend, pretty wet, not yeah. really conducive to chip mark. Well, it could be a Sam Berry. But we know Day yeah, based maybe on that's that a Sam Berry game. Yeah. So I think that's where it gets really, really interesting. You just think, you know, Frio West Coast, you think Frio would really be trying to stamp themselves. Is it a Luke Ryan, Hayden Young, Jordan Clark? But it's earlier in the year, of... that was the game the Eagles tagged Brayshaw. Brayshaw. So that, well, again, it, you look it? at the matchup and you go, oh, this is his gravy game. This is going to be amazing. It might not be the case. Maybe you look at, a uh, Melbourne midfielder, you're a uh, Clayton Oliver owner, and you go non-owner, and you go. This is the matchup. Well, again, we know the Blues don't have their full uh, group of midfielders to choose from, but still, notoriously, they're a harder one to pick from. And then you start looking at the other matchups and going, "Well, history says Sydney tag a halfback, and there's been no more creative halfback in the game this year for Collingwood other than a Nick Dacos." It's been screamed across media channels. When is someone going to tag him? You might even be looking going, oh, I need a cheap ceiling defender. Ah, Mason Redmond can pop 150s. Yeah, but he's playing against one of the most restrictive teams this week in Port Adelaide that just deny the football. So rather than just posing out these dilemmas, and even for the Bulldogs, Stefan Martin's back. That's yep. gonna, that that's probably going to... Ashton clip- Perryman have tagged. Yeah. That, that we're going to see some clipping of some ceilings. And this is the challenge too in AFL fantasy where you've, you've relatively got a team of quote unquote premiums. And so now you're just playing fixture matchups. There's going to be calls you make in the next 48 hours, 24 hours that work out beautifully for you. For example, if you traded into Jaden Stevenson last week, worked beautifully for you. But if you went, oh, Darcy Cameron looked good in the ruck. I'm going to hold him and I'm going to trade out Nick Dacos. 
well, that didn't work for you. So these are those 50-50 challenges for us. So so let's help some coaches, Kane, as we as we're looking at these teams with a with a two-week lens. Who are the positions? Let's look at the back line. Who's got if you if you could throw a wish list over backs, no price, and then maybe looking for some value, just purely AFL fantasy. And the reason we're doing it is again, well, we buy you some time to look. Dream teamers and super coaches, the the formed ideology we're coming from is if you've got more than two trades a week, what have you been doing left? If you've got the, what have you been doing? So you're really just making sideways style maneuvers. You probably don't have a heap of cash. So that's why we're focusing on AFL fantasy. So let's talk defenders based on matchups this week, who looks really strong to you and then who could be a value option in our back line to go after. Well, again, if you don't have MJ Doherty, Screams as a guy that's a beautiful matchup, isn't it? Against Mel- the Melbourne, yeah, Melbourne into Collingwood did end the season. One win for Carlton, you know, basically locks up a final spot. Now, he, his scoring's the ceiling's capped a little bit just by the fact that there might not be those chunks of game that time at the end of the game where they can have kick mark, kick mark, which is we sure. know Docket is a guy that can score 30 points in two minutes if that goes his way. But I think the way Melbourne defend, they don't mind you having the ball slowly in half back and sort of switching side to side. He's a guy that I like. Mm. Again, on the cheaper front, do you think an Adam Saad gets involved in that sort of game? He's a little bit more damaging, can attract a little bit more attention mm. than a Doherty. Um, again, you have to think that I wouldn't be surprised, MJ, if you know a Luke Ryan. Jordan Clark, um, yeah. those type. Hayden Young, Hayden Young do could something. be an interesting one. Yeah. Now they go into GWS the next week, but I don't. You don't really fear GWS round twenty three. Not much to play for. Nah. Fremantle, you know, it's all to play for for them. Oh, 100%. I could see them. I could see them getting that lead, and um, they do like a kick mark game. So again, a Luke Ryan's got a ceiling. We know Hayden Young's shown a bit of a ceiling. And, and Jordan Clark being the cheaper of those guys, mm. he's shown an ability to be in the 90s with the potential to show, put up a ton. Yep. So I agree. Um, wouldn't think West Coast would put any attention into someone like him or even the Luke Ryan. Hayden Young's probably the one that could attract some attention maybe from but, GWS. But we saw the again, Eagles Brayshaw's in that Dawson yeah. roam free last week for the against the Crows. Yeah, I don't so think, I think that's, that's really their MO. So I think no. Frio when you look at what's to play for, because you, you do have to be cautious, like we saw with um, Geelong, Geelong this week, with Mitch Duncan. <laughs> you, you don't you don't think about a rest typically in round 23 with the bye. No. Um, but again, if there's a niggle there, if there's something that's yeah somewhat troublesome, that these teams will be happy to rest. Two so or three weeks rest. I like rest. some of the Frio guys. And again, yep. the real cheap one that jumps out to me is, is Zorko at 600K mm. under the roof at Marvel. Now he's played more forward in recent weeks, more mid forward, but we know that's a role in the past that he can go big. Yep. Um, and it's Melbourne the following week too. Yeah. Which again, is not going to be a tag game, but again, they've, they've got it all to play for. So Zorko is the mm. one I think that's as low as I'd the go. He's, he's, he's exactly 600 K. Yeah. Um, now clearly Luke Ryan is, you know, he's almost top of the tree outside of Sinclair and Doherty. Um, you know, there's only really Dawson and Brayshaw that are more expensive than him. Um, I, I don't love when you're coming off the 151 just because yeah. I feel like you might have 
you might have missed a trick. But again, you look at the three before that, it's a 98, 124, 101. So can get it done, takes kick-ins. Um, he ticks a lot, a lot of boxes. Mm. West Coast, again, solid matchup. He's a guy that sometimes he gets in on the party, sometimes he doesn't. It's it's really like that for him. That can be the range between a, a 70 and a 120 if he gets yeah. some of those real easy kick marks. Um, you'd have to be a little bit worried about North doing something to Dawson. You'd have to be worried yep. about Port the next week for Dawson. Yep. Again, you wouldn't be jumping off. Um, but you're not trading too. flexible, but I don't think no. you're, you're going into there. Um, and other See, than the, that, MJ. A guy for me, I'd. there's hmm. a couple of really, if you're just chasing ceiling and, and there's a calculated risk, Harry Himmelberg's one in the sense of, if you go back and look at the narrative of how defenders have scored supremely, probably over the last month, well and truly over above against the Bulldogs, Himmelberg, if he has that defensive role, to a lesser extent an Isaac coming, it, like if Taylor was available on a, in a draft, I'd be looking at that. The, but they are all high-risk picks. And the reason I say that is the outs that have hit the GWS Giants this round does allude to Himmelberg needing to play a little more forward. Like there's an article I wrote at coachespanel.tv. You can go and check it out now about the 10 moves that made you year. Picking Himmelberg after the buy was one of them. But right now I wouldn't trade into him, but if I owned him, I'd be have this weird combination of I could get a 200 or I could get a 20. That it, like it's it that sort of it doesn't it doesn't look good, MJ, when you look at that team sheet. The when team those, sheet does not give confidence. Yeah, when you see Taylor, Keith, Perry. Now I know Keith might have to do some rucking because Bruce is out and Briggs is in the ruck, but Taylor, Keith, Haynes, with a bench of of Steen and Aaliyah. Like that's five guys that have played key position back and Himmelberg's named in the fourth. Now we don't really care where they're named, but yeah, that's when he's named alongside but... Hogan, Hogan, Riccardi, and Himmelberg. That sort of makes sense. No Pete Ling. Yeah. It's it's very lacking. So, again, you'd love to get off if you could. Sure. And if you can, I I get it. Now, is is he more of a priority than a tagged Dacos and a tagged Neil? And considering what you might better get up to midfield wise for a Neil. Sure. um, But that's the thing you've got to worry about. We know they can swing him at any time in the game. Yep. Um, The other one I will say, MJ, before we move off the defenders, is, is Dan Houston is that risk reward guy. Yeah, that's a good you know, shout. When when you've got him under the roof at Marvel, and then you're finishing with a showdown, which always has a bit of feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but his his range is is a little bit alarming. Really, what Houston yeah. can do is like he can be one twenty, one thirty. He can be sixty, and he's also yeah. got a little bit of injury risk. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you've got him under the roof at Marvel. You know, there's a ceiling. Like there's a yeah. genuine ceiling. Um, but it's just. You don't know. You just don't know with him. So if he's the one, you'd yep. almost be, you'd almost be. I feel like for these guys at this lower end, and we'll probably cover it when we get to the other lines because I think the the back line is one where a lot of people sort of have the Sinclairs and the Doherty's and the mm. Dawsons if they want them. You're probably letting your other upgrade determine how Inform much cash you have. Yeah, because I look at these guys from Stevenson to Houston to Hall, all in that even. A Clark, a mm. Luke Ryan, in a two-game sample size, genuinely anything could happen. 
You know, yep. Ed Richards, if you look on, if you like form, the way he's Ed, going as well the way as Ed Richards is rolling, he's, he's been ultra impressive. Like last four weeks, he hasn't gone below 90. Yeah. Wow. He's just been an absolute rock. So I think it's these other lines that we're going to chat about next. If you need a defender, you're getting that other line that you love. Yeah. And then you're yeah. rolling the dice. If it's Taking Zorko, because you need it, because you need it as cheap as possible. Yeah. Go for it. If you got a little bit more money and you think, okay, Houston has a bit more ceiling, go for it. Stevenson, yep. you know, watch the game and see if the weather's cleared by the time we Saturday comes around. Roll with it because they've all mm. got the ability to be 120 plus. Yep. They've all got the ability to be 60. In a two-week period, they could get you 240 or they could get you 120 and get you 100 points. That's just... Yep. The range of these guys. So that's true. I think the midfield, you've got a few more options. Yeah, I think you do. So the midfield, I think everyone that's not a Rory Land owner is still trying to find a way to go up it and get to him. Uh, I, I think, I don't think he's the right play in the next two weeks, to be honest. Um, n- not because he's not going to be a great scorer, but more the amount of money you've got to spend on top of him you might be doing your team as a combination of trades a disservice. Now, the the caveat is, if the moves you're making this week is, oh, I've got money to burn, like I've got cash just sitting there and I'm just fleecing my bench, sure, okay. But if you're in this situation where, as Kane's talking about this, all of a sudden maneuver of two and what's the best outcome, then getting the most expensive player in the game, that as great as Laird has been, by the way, he's also not been disastrously killing you with the exception of round 18 against Collingwood. Because outside of that, he's not going over 140 all year. Now, I know we're talking about a guy who hasn't gone under 125 since round 14, and he went 124. So I'm, I'm, I'm a Crows fan. I'm a lead owner in a number of formats. I'm not knocking it. Rather, I am trying to say is don't just go lead at all costs because you have to think in totality. That said, if you can get him, it's a challenging couple of weeks potentially. North is not going to be the easiest matchup in terms of Cunnington in, uh, probably their best midfield unit, Greenwood coming out, and then Port Adelaide. Well, we know how restrictive they can be. Sydney's probably got the best match up, don't they, of the next two weeks in terms of a fixture, don't they, Kane? Yeah, I, I think so. If you can avoid the player that gets Windhager or Owens. Yes. Now, Owens has been doing more of the forward role with straight to the mid. Now, you would have to guess on and on damaging and on all the numbers that are maybe you'd say game deciding, it, it would mm. be Warner. You know, in yep. terms of actually hitting scoreboard, creating scores. Uh, he's the one where the attention goes. Yep. Parker, Parker doesn't seem to get any attention, which is yep. the one where, again, if I'm saying let your other upgrade determine your other trade-in, it's probably Parker that jumps out to me in terms of, yep. you know, it's tough in the two-game sample size, but the floor is really high. We've had the yep. one aberration, which was the North Melbourne game. That that's basically, you know, we're talking since round ten. There's, you know, a low of eighty-five. Mm. 
It's all to play for for the Swans. St Kilda in the last round at Marvel, you know, that would be a lot on the line. Yep. It's the last game of the round. We'll know a lot. The last game by of then. the home and away season. He's just a guy though that you feel like he'll get it done. Mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't have too many qualms about him. Um, in terms of another midfield, you know, that maybe could they go off? I still like Walsh. Um, yeah, I'm like a big rap on Walsh. I'm bigger up Collingwood well next week. Of, yeah, now the ceiling hasn't been there. No. But now we've got Walsh, no Crips, no, no Hewitt, Kennedy. No Kennedy. Melbourne's not going to tag. Collingwood's not going to tag. Um, I feel like he's one that can go off. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, MJ, the other ones you start jumping out to me is these North guys, you know, do they have yeah. something just to play for in terms of let's just I'm finish the back. season the right way? You know, I, yeah. I look at, I look at you know, Adelaide and Gold Coast. I don't think Gold Coast is going to tag. We know no. their season is over in that sense. So do you go Simpkin? Do you go Dave? Yeah. Yeah. I don't see there being too much difference in terms of their role with Cunnington back in. I think it's a lot to ask Cunnington to, you know, really step up and be, Maybe the player he was. And then the last one I like, just purely for his ceiling, and I don't think he gets any attention, mm. um, is McCluggage. I, I really like the way he plays yep. his footy. It's a good um, shot. And he's got that ability to go big. But, again, it feels like a line, MJ, that, again, do you really feel like this is my guy this week? You know, even Mills, even a Mills, the way he can be thrown around role-wise. So they've really cleared a yep. path there for, for Warner and Rowbottom. We know Papley gets a lot of CBAs in terms of, you know, starting quarters, it gets that first one, and you know Mills comes in off mm. the wing, and it just it just takes that edge off him at times where he can have yeah. these patches where he's out of the game, and if you know the game script doesn't flow that way, um, he can get left out of it a little bit. Whereas you know a Park is very very reliable in mm. the consistency of his role, his time on ground. You know he's just a very experienced, good player, isn't he? He's done it for yeah. so long. He can put on the 30 to 40 to 50 point quarters to salvage a score. Um, I feel like, probably you can tell from the way I'm talking about him, he's probably almost the pick of the week yeah. for me. I just have a bit of confidence. Now, it's probably not confidence in terms of 130, 140, because he's not really no, sure. that type of guy. But you feel like I'll get 100 to 115 probably for the next two weeks. Yeah. And you live to fight another day. You can play him in the forward line. And again, it fixes a Mitch Duncan. It probably fixes a Pruce. And you just have to gamble on your other position, which is already, as I said, you've got as much confidence in Zorko as you've got in Luke Ryan over a two-week stretch. And that's that's just the volatility. Yeah. You're picking the guy you trade into this week. You have to be able to be thinking, I I want them next week too. Because... Again, you might get lucky and be able to flip them. And, and, sure, but that's the mindset of I've got to be prepared for a two-week. And, and that's why, MJ, I would be scared of a lot. Like I, I mentioned North Melbourne for those midfielders just because sure. of the matchup, and I think they are safe. But really, you want to be picking players from the top 10 teams yeah. because it, as, it, as it currently stands, those are the 10 that can make finals. Yeah. And really they all still have a chance going. They have a live chance going into next week already. You know, Carlton, doesn't matter if they lose to Melbourne, they've still, still a got chance. a live chance. There's a, there's a few things like that. You know, the only team that you'd probably, that could have their season ended looking at it this week is 
is really the dogs. You know, if the dogs were to slip up mm-hmm. and things went Richmond and Carlton's way, you know, that's good night. But yep. even, you know, a St Kilda, it would require Carlton to beat Melbourne. It would require Richmond, you know, to have a win as well. So I think a lot of these teams, and again, there's a lot of good players and especially the top six. Mm-hmm. If you're going Geelong, Collingwood, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Frio, yeah, it's probably not many Geelong guys you really want across a two-week stretch. No, but if you're going Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, and Frio, yuck. There's a bit in that. There's a bit in that that you can maybe, you know, get a lot of bang for your buck for. Yeah, it's true. the The midfield is a fun line to experiment in. That's the beauty of it. Is the range of options to choose from is there, and that's where it starts to come into the outside of the fixture. It can come into. I just need a separation in my league matchup this week. And I'm going to create this guy's a, a Neil owner. If you're bullish on, he gets the tag this week, which is a fair narrative based on what we've seen over the past couple of weeks from St. Kilda. Okay. I'm going to take on Neil and I'm going to get Brad Crouch and go. Brad's the most informed midfielder in the competition at the moment alongside Rory Laird over the past three weeks. My opponent's no not going to have him. No attention. I'm I'm going that way. And then you've just got to be prepared to, like we said at the start of the episode, these are the moves that can make or break matchups and ranking moments because you're going from players capable of doing the exact identical thing and banking on the guy you trade in to do it and the guy you trade out not to do it. It, There are risks that come with trades at this time of year. The key is, is your logic and narrative sound? And if the answer is yes, then it's luck. And that's such a hugely important part of the game is luck going your way. Uh, If you were a Mitch Duncan owner seven weeks ago, you were looking at trading him out. Tom Stewart goes down injured. Luck goes your way. He now becomes the key distributor over the past couple of months. That's an element of luck going your way. In the rucks, is it just as simple as if you're not a Gorn owner, you're jumping into Gorn? Is is it as simple as that? Okay. For me, MJ, it is. Yeah. yeah I think me too. if you don't have Gorn, sorry, if you already have Gorn, yep. and, you, and you've got to recover a Bruce and you don't have a Cameron Marshall English already. I mm-hmm. think that's probably where it actually gets quite tricky. Trading into a second uh, ruck, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just... Because Marshall on value think, is it, but the matchup, especially the this matchup's week, is not ideal. You're paying top dollar, which again, two-week sample size, but, you know, English, what, what, why is Steph Martin back in the team? What's that split? Is, is it one last little spin for Steph Martin? And, you know, Bruce is out of that team, so someone's going to have to carry a little bit more weight forward. Yep. Uh, you know, Nankervis just played a sensational game. It was a blinder yeah. against Port. Now, again, there's Hawthorne's no one not there. exactly a super scary proposition. We know what Marshall just did against Hawthorne mm-hmm. with McAvoy. So, you know, for me, that's maybe a guy that if you have to just say, "Hey, this is a two-week push," you know, Nank's got a ceiling. He's got an ability to put a score up, and he can match mm-hmm. those guys. And again, if that's all you can get to, or if you really just need a cheap option, um, I've heard of worse options. Yeah, Yeah. but Essendon's not. But then the next week, you look at Essendon's one of the hardest ruck matchups. Yeah, correct. That's the that's the tricky thing, uh, I think, with these guys. 
Um, I think the guy that's always that probably jumps out to me is the safest. If I'm going elsewhere, is I'll just go Riley O'Brien. I know he's had some poor games, but if you think it's going to be a bit wet and you've got North and Port, Port's really not rolling with much of a ruckman at all. No. Um, he's probably where I'd start thinking about. Again, you're still somewhat interested in English though, MJ. If he's going up against Briggs and a key, that's a, even if Steph Martin plays measure. 50% of it, and it's 50-50, you think the dogs are winning it. Sure. You know... You know, English is dangerous forward as well. Like he can he can kick goals. It's under the roof at Marvel. Yeah, I just think you probably go English if you want to just be different for different sake, as you said, in a matchup point of view. I don't hate O'Brien. And if you just need cash, it's probably Nate Curvis. Yep, I think that's fair. Then the forwards, the names that if you don't own a Bailey Smith, you're probably looking there. He doesn't have a great club history against the Giants, but also to be fair. He doesn't have a great history against a lot of people outside of the this season. Mm. So, exactly. so I don't think you can read too much narrative into that. So you probably already are a Dunkley owner, Bontempelli. Again, you're all looking at the same things. And then it's the names you mentioned earlier, which is Marshall. Not a great yeah. matchup, but certainly the most informed forward. Parker, probably a, a, an option to Safe. really safely look at and go, look, at worst, I'm walking away from pair of 90s outside of an injury here. Uh, Jane Stevenson, I, I think, is one of the better options to go in, but that weather in and uh, the way that game could play out might And you know Adelaide, as... MJ, if they're on, the way they harass the ball carrier, they're a bit more built for the wet. Yes. Around, you know, in around those that Ford area where he's going to play, you know, your Mick Henry's, your Saligos, yeah. those guys that, you know, we saw what they did to Carlton. They don't give you much time and space. Yeah. They don't want to just let you hold onto the footy. They really want to get in your face and pressure you. And it's it's not really conducive to kick mark. That's right. And then you're starting to head into just hoping territory with golden butters. Cornelia, maybe it's a bit harsh to say hoping territories, yeah, but very expensive. Um, but he's on the expen- more expensive side of things. And then it is into the territories of berries. Rosies, Liberatores, Tremors. That on Dylan your Moore's game, probably the one MJ that I think yeah, Dylan Moore's the probably one. in that park in that park a light mold in terms yep. of. I, That's I a good shot. Think it would be ridiculous ceiling. No, um, and he can, he can, but I think in a two looking at the two weeks, you're probably hoping you're getting what his sort of last week's score was, which is one hundred and one. If you're getting yep. two hundred points across two weeks. You're pretty happy. You feel yep. like Parker's probably more in the the 105 a week. Maybe mm-hmm. there's the 110 and then there's the 95 sort of style. That's sort of how he seems to seems to roll. Um, but, yeah, again, we, you look at the last scorers last week, MJ in the forward line. Josh Kennedy, 120. Mm. Elijah Hollands, 118. Mm. Jesse Hogan, 117. Like, That's it's that type limit. of position. It's It's... It's volatile. Yeah. With, you know, who's kicking goals? You know, is there, who's pulling these sort of reins? So, um, and again, probably the other one, MJ, that if you really, really want to push it. Oh, this will be good. So he's so, he's so cheap. And I probably should have brought him up in the, in the uh, defender section as well. He's so cheap, but he has this ability to score. Mm. 
it's Brad Hill. He, yeah. He's the guy. When I look at Brisbane, yeah, Brisbane, Brisbane don't tag in terms no. of in that forward line. They they've got so much firepower that they just say we're going with our firepower against you. yours. Yeah. Now, where he comes into a fifty-fifty is the following week. Is does Clark go to Sinclair uh, or does he go to Hill? Now, when they played in the earlier in the season, he went mm-hmm. to Sinclair, but Hill didn't play. So Correct. they're both at Marvel, which is the positive I see mm-hmm. for Hill. I think when they're playing at Marvel, again, we've mentioned how much the Saints have to play for. Now, he's he's a dicey operator. Mm. The one thing you do have with Hill is he plays tomorrow night. Yeah. So if you want to take a gamble, and again, your backup might be Jace Burgoyne. True. If you want to take a gamble, because it seems like that's how he'll roll. When I look at his... Bench him. He's, he's like, 50 or 100, isn't he? Yeah. Exactly. So if you're going to put... If you want to get Hill in, put him on the bench. Yeah. Put the E on him and just have a gamble that way and maybe hope that it, if he does drop a 50... Maybe you chase Burgoyne or your other cow that you might have can maybe pluck one out for you. Yeah, like that. that he's at the cheap. He's at that scary cheap level. You know, when you're at five hundred and fifty k. Yeah, like that's what you're asking for, isn't it, MJ? You could get a hundred like you did last week. Yep. But he has thrown up thirties. So yeah. if you're really if you're really that stretched, and you're like, oh, I've got to do anything I can to get up to the Parker as the safe guy. Yep. I think he's the one that you could be thinking about. But again, MJ, two-week sample size. This is what makes it so, so hard. I don't see, you know, we had that one years ago where it was Jeremy Cameron. Yep. We're trying to win the Colin. We go, they're going to force feed him. Now, we didn't probably see the Josh Kennedy force feeding last week where you go, mm. okay, this is a guy that could be a one-week play. I, I don't see that personally this week where I go, yep, this is the super cheap guy. Uh, everything lines up. He's going to do this and that. But, yeah, maybe maybe you can pluck a guy. And even ceiling MJ, how funny is it? A lot of these guys that are at this, the cheaper price, yeah. they haven't shown a ceiling before. It's not till they produce it that you go, oh, I didn't even know I had that ceiling in him. Yep. Like, David Swallow's not busting out 130s every week. Like, it's yeah. just, that's the hard thing with this type of decision is you don't have much of a sample size to deal with. Mm-mm. One little knock, one bad rotation, one bit of yeah. bad weather. It can flip the script. In. Um, so really, you come down to these things and you say, who are the two players you like? Yeah, You'd be happy to hold them for two weeks. What's the combination? And again, I, I, I always try to sit with, if their team is in the hunt, like the serious hunt, like I mentioned, that top 10 is, and even more that top six. Mm. Positioning is everything. You take Geelong yep. out of that with the way they sit in their opponents to come, it's hell for leather. It, it's yep. finals before finals with what's on the line. Yep. So you're not going to get shenanigans with no. people all of a sudden thrown into a different position or you're unlikely to unless personnel mm. drastically changes. So if you're weighing things up and it's a, a giant or a lion, I'm going the lion. You know, I'm going mm. the guy that's got it all to play for. Um, I agree. But but don't be – if you're having this decision and you're thinking, oh, I don't know what to do, it's overwhelming, two weeks, you know, look at your, look at your league matchup. Maybe yeah. if you're not sure, just neutralize. Just just Correct. pick a player that – or at the very least, 
hold that trade. If they're a player that plays later in the week, you know, a Mitch Duncan, you've got a few games to go by. Can you pop the Elijah Hollands see, see off the See bench. how that matchup goes. Yeah, yeah, see how that matchup goes. Use your bench. Maybe you go, hey, I only need a hit a 90 here to feel really good. Mm. Well, now a Parker, a Moore. Maybe if you need to go ceiling, okay, it's going to be a Dan Houston roll of the dice on a Sunday afternoon yep. at Marvel. Like, all those things sometimes just inform your decision-making going, Yep, I need the boom or bust guy. It's like, yeah. nope, I just need it. I just need a, a safe get a, get a yeah. single. Just get a That's single, right. move the strike, let another player be that one that wins me the matchup. So it is a really tricky time. I know people, we sit here going, geez, you didn't make it any easy for us. And it isn't <laughs> easy. We don't, I don't think we have real players unless you're just loaded to the gills, MJ. You can go up if to I'm the, the gills. I'm going go Parker. I'm going yeah, to yeah, the yeah. Moore in the forward line. I'm going. Angus Brayshaw, because I just feel like forward or back, mm. sorry, forward or uh, midfield or back, he's really safe. If it's wet, he's safe, he'll tackle. If it's sunny, he'll mark. Like, there's players that you know that they don't need it to be, mm. a, you know, certain game scripts. You know, under the roof at Marvel, that always helps because you know it's yeah. going to be played a certain type of way. You know, a Ruckman. If you've got a Ruckman and a Soul Ruck, they're probably going to get their chances regardless. Mm-hmm. They've got that built-in sort of floor. So, uh, don't be afraid to take a gamble. If you see a matchup, if you look through the teams and go, mm, there's not really a matchup for this guy, or I think this team's going to win by 40 points. Well, who were the guys that, that feast in big wins? Look at that win-loss difference. You know, are they a team that, end of the game, they just kick it back and forth in defense? Because mm. that's where a lot of the times these ceilings just go, mm. you know, avoid the taggers. That's that's probably the safest that's point. That's the safest week. approach, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, if you're avoiding those guys, you got guys with some role certainty. You know, Ben Keese, you felt like you had role certainty to a few weeks ago. Yeah. Then he does a good job up forward and he doesn't come back. So that's why those top teams, consistent, roles consistent, know what you're trading into. You know what you're trading into. It just alleviates a bit of the risk. And again, those guys like Luke Ryan sound appealing. Those guys with the big ceiling sound appealing. But sometimes, yep, 9,500. Yep. I'm paying for it. I get it. I move on. Yep. It's fair enough too. All right. Before we wrap up this episode, I want to hit just a couple of our Patreon questions. A few of them we've kind of answered them along the way. Jeremy wants to know, I've got one trade available in AFL fantasy. Who is the greater trade out priority? There are three names he's listed. Number one, Nick Dacos. Number two, Sean Darcy. Number three, Lockie Neal. So whatever his other trade is for Jeremy, he's, he, I don't know if he's got a Crips or a whatever. Who out of those three for you would be the greater trade-out priority this week? I'd be Nick Dacos for me, MJ. Yep. I think Sean Darcy up against West Coast. You know, that's just Fine. a matchup that they sort of just get up for. Um, pretty safe, just yep. being a Ruckman. Um, Lockie Neal, yes, there's a Windhager tag potentially coming, but we know Brisbane, good team. Neil's a guy that really can fight through. Yep. And also with those type of midfield tags, often if it's not going that way and you need a different makeup in the midfield, they it, it can drop get it dropped. Quickly. It can get yeah. dropped. It can get dropped. Yeah, it can get dropped in the second half. Um, the Dacos one, it Clark feels... is unrelenting. Clark will play on you until it is over. Like yeah. the game will be over. And he just doesn't. He'll go follow away. you down the race to the showers at the end of the game, still thinking the jobs needed to be yeah, done. Yeah, and, and I think 
Now, Dacos has kick-ins, so he's got a little bit of built-in sure. score. Um, but he's the one I see. If there's going to be a 50 and a 60, it's coming from him. Now, again, you're, you're probably not getting the same type of prospect, are you? If you're trading out Neil, you're, you're getting a heavy. You're getting a real good mid. Yeah. Uh, Dacos, you're probably a little bit more speculative, but he has done a really good job of getting he, up he's to done the price better range. Than anything that we could have dreamed yeah, like, of. It's 30, so. it's 30K to racial. Yeah. That's perfect. that's pretty safe if you go in there. I think Gussie's going to give you minimum well, 90 he'll give you the across two weeks. Over the next two weeks, yeah, which is fair enough. Safe. So that's, that's an right. easy one for me, MJ. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Ian McRae's asked a question, who are the must-have players on each live finals? I think we've addressed that for you, Ian, throughout yeah, the episode. Yeah, probably Parker Moore in the forward line. Doherty in the back line. Doherty yeah. in the back line. I think English will be up there. Brayshaw for his safety in the back line. Yeah, correct. In the midfield, it's probably a bit more flexible. I, I love Clayton Oliver's. Clayton's always as safe as houses. Anyway, yeah, he's got he's got a ceiling about him as well. Yeah, um, correct. Steel is a yep. bit more risky. I think Mills is always going to be there just because in two weeks it could be one thirty, one thirty. Laird's the same. If you've got the money, you're neutralizing potentially the greatest weapon against you. All right, fair enough. Stephen Summers has a question. Uh, Do I trade Rosie anyway? Um, I'm favored in my league, so it's a defensive move to bring him into Parker. Rosie does have a poor matchup this week. I'd be more worried about coming off the injury than the matchup. Yeah. Bombers are funny, MJ, because before last week against the Giants, Mm. they were the most restrictive team in the compound form. Correct. that's that's the poor matchup. Now last week, the Giants that had obviously no changed scoring at all. So, um, you know that was a bit weird. You had you know you had five Giants. It feels more like a unicorn exception rather yeah, than a it was re- it was it was a really weird one. I, I think I'd be doing it purely because if his knees troublesome mm. and it's Parker, like I, I can see sixty point gap there. Yeah, I can. Um, I, I'd trade, and, to and I don't love Rosie's. Match, you know, if Rosie was Dylan Moore, different. You go, story. Okay, yeah, he, he can do it, but I think that is probably a time where defensive, you know, is necessary. Now, Correct. the one thing I will say with that is, do not rush that trade. Yeah, I would not be making that possible. trade until three eighteen, <laughs> a couple minutes before the Sydney bounce, because you might want to go a different direction. Something if else. You're in might trouble come. there. If you're in trouble there, and Parker's just going to be another. Same player, yeah. Like you might have to hold that and go. You know what? I need twenty more points. And we've, well, we've all of a sudden, Parker, that's not going to help me. You might need butters. to go butters. That's right. It might have to be butters. So I would be holding that, seeing how the matchups are going. It's good. Now, if you're me. if you're if you're going to win, just just neutralize, get Parker locked. And potentially in. at that point in time in the round two, you might be going. MJ, I've already got it in the... There's not many players that you might have unique by that point against each other. So I'd be holding it. Yeah, you might already have won off. the game by then. You might be able to save that trade. And again, Possibly. if it's AFL fantasy, it's a different story. But if it's a limited yeah. trade formats, that might be helpful. So I but think that it's is good the advice. perk of Rosie playing last is you've got Correct. a lot of information that will come in between now and then. Yeah, to make that trade to and a viable across the same yeah. team trade. Um, to be able yep. to make, which is good. All right, last four questions before we wrap up this episode. Uh, Jared's asked the question, keeper league question. How highly do you rate Josh Ward going forward? Can Very we just say highly. highly? I would have him only behind Nick Dacos from this class. I agree with that. 
And I think even from previous year's drafts, like for me, the way he moves and the way he builds score, MJ, mm. he is a fantasy player. So and he's done it me, as a junior. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, the first names that come to my head that I even have him ahead of, like I've got him ahead of a guy like Matt Brown. I've, I've got him mm. ahead of guys right now, like you should. that just because I look at that Hawthorne midfield. And what he's done and year the, one. And what he's done year one and that age and the balance in his game, inside, outside, running. Um, he's a guy that just, he's got the tools. Newcomb's um, going to do think, the hard stuff. Yeah, I just, I think he's just a very, very special, special player. The stuff you hear about him off field, leadership wise, like uh, just a guy that's firmly got his head screwed on already as a first year player. Yeah. Um, oh, I've got him right up there. I'm, he's I agree. probably going to be pretty close to our, you know, he might not be in our 50 most. It's going to be yeah. in that conversation that we're going to have. To He'd have be on the unlucky to miss. Like you're projecting pretty hard, but. Yeah. That's a keeper league. If you've got him for your whole career, if you're projecting, you know, this guy's a hundred guy by year three. Mm-hmm. Or well, 95 guy it's by doing year what three. Sam Walsh is doing, which is yeah. year one, really so exciting. Year he'll two, be a guy some that ups we and will downs. Have to discuss. He might yeah, be an honorable mention, just missed the 50, or he might be, you know, Maybe in the 40s. Sneak in. Mm. Yep. No, it's a really so good show. Yeah, I agree. Uh, super coach replacement for Crips. Who do you like out of these guys? TK wants to know. LDU, Parish, Libba, or Andy Brayshaw? For me, Ooh. I'll let you marinate on that. I love Libba. Yeah. The two that jumped out was Libba and, and Parish. Yeah. Parish purely for the ceiling. Yes. Because he's not a guy. The good thing about super coach. MJ, when you're seeing super coach well, it doesn't matter if the team is awfully restrictive if you're efficient. Correct. And and Parrish can be extremely efficient. You know, he can yes. turn 80s into 130s. No doubt. Uh, so that's the type of guy I do like. But I think with what's on the line, is there anyone else you'd you know you'd bet on other than Libba? You've got well, the Giants. Yeah. You've got the Hawks. Now, do you worry about McGuinness? Because Maybe. the thing with Parrish is the thing I love about Parrish, he's got Essendon. Sorry, Correct. he's got Richmond in the final round. He's got yeah, Richmond in the final round. Running Parrish, and, and he goes massive. So I'd probably lean Parrish, but after that, it would be Livo just because he's so consistent. But you're probably, if I said to you, Perryman's gone to Libba and Finn McGuinness has gone to Libba in back to back weeks, wouldn't you wouldn't me. be shocked. The hard nah. thing is, if I told you it was Bailey Smith, McRae, uh, Bailey Dale, Caleb Daniel, Bontem Kelly that those guys either. went to, that's the issue. And when you've got two weeks, that's almost what scares you off any of these dogs outside of English is yes. that there's teams that tag and McGuinness can tag Smith. He could tag He can tag the inside guys. midfielder, the winger, the half forward flank. Exactly. The so, flank. so if yeah. you if you trade into that and cop it in a two-week sample size, uh, it's really painful. So that's where I'd go Parrish, then Dunkley. Uh, Andy Brayshaw is great, but the ceiling in Supercoach. It's just not, not quite really there, yet, there, is it? No, yeah. he's a bit more outside. He's tackling. You know, all those things don't really get rewarded like they do no. in AFL fantasy. No, it's fair enough. All right, last two questions. Uh, Brendan Wright, who's uh, one of the few, not one of the few, 
but he's one of the leading contenders to win Dream Team this year. And oh, he's, dear. He's, he's one of those we guys. We've got to try on this one. But he, he's one of those annoying people that is having a good year in every format. Like one of those, he's going to finish top 100. When, you, when you're like, seeing him, MJ, though. He's seeing you know, him like you, beach balls him, in Shane Warne yeah, cricket, mate. Great. That's what he's doing. You love those years. Um, that's exactly how he's seeing it. Um, along the way, he's, he's got a Zorko question. Uh, we've kind of talked about it. Is Zorko worth the punt to allow the funds to the upgrade? I think we've kind of answered it. I We're think we've said yes. Yes, haven't we, MJ? We have. Yeah. We have because yeah. that's, again, if he, he could roll out a 10. Like, he genuinely could. Could be injured in the we first five minutes. We don't want him to. He's been one of the best. We've, I don't think we've celebrated this guy more than many other players on the coaches panel. We've absolutely loved what Zorko has yeah, done. Yeah, absolutely. He's always been that guy that we've really tipped into. So, for two weeks... You'd hope so. Again, how many times did you say it? Brisbane, everything to play for. Absolutely mm-hmm. everything to play for. I am tipping into it if you need to. because And I especially just think, if it gets you the secondary move you need. Oh, yeah. If, if that's what you need to do, just absolutely go for it. Again, we've, we've got to tick that off. Yeah, I am too. And uh, then the last one uh, comes from fellow panellist and also a Patreon supporter in Jordox. He says he's in his dream team prelim final. Who does he get in for Taranto? These are some names he's listed. Marshall, mm-hmm. Parker, Vazlenka, or Gorn. He's got a leaning between two, but he can't split them. So without me telling you who the ones he's splitting, because I, I have a feeling you might shake his world up a bit here. Who is the one that leads for you? Parker leads, but it, I would have Gorn next. Yeah. After that, I just worry if it's your prelim, you don't want to have the potentially tricky matchup of McInerney for Marshall. Like, yeah. I, I'm not super scared if if I'm up against Jordox in this example, and he's got Marshall. Mm. I'm not really worried about much over a 110. Not and this I'm week, yeah. Somewhat hopeful that maybe, you know, it's a 70. Whereas Parker, I'm going, yeah, okay. That's a that's a hundred. Yeah. It might be a 90, might be a 120. Um and now Gorn Gorn could be Gorn, anything. Gorn, Gorn, Gorn could sort of defy fixture in a way when he's on. Yeah. Um uh, against Brisbane Again, he's got that in the grand final if you're projecting forward. Correct. Which you need um, to be. I think you have to be. You have to, again, if you want to win it, you've always got to be looking forward. He's probably second. So I'd have Parker. Me uh, too. Gone after that. It's just, he is a bit volatile. Again, when he's on, he's the best. There's no one better. Yep. Um, so I'd have Parker first. And then I'd just go from there. Yep. A really good shout. Hey, Kane, as always, man, we appreciated your work right throughout the 2022 season. Thank you again for this episode, mate. Of course, MJ, no problem. Uh, if you've got any questions or dilemmas or things you're not sure of, the good news is our Patreons get uh, heaps of ease and exclusive access to page, not just fellow Patreons, but the coaches panel as well. For just a couple of bucks a month, you can help support the coaches panel, but also get access to a bunch of other great tiers and rewards. All the links for you are at that are at coachespanel.tv. There's some articles I've dropped throughout this week, as have some other team members you can go and check out there. And then, wow, 
you're just a week and a bit away from your fantasy season being done. We hope whatever the trades you make this week, if you have the luxury of making them, that they all work out for you. And we can't wait to chat with you next week here at the Coaches Panel. Good luck, friend.